0: Forty chess yeah forty chess huh forty chess let's get it is that Tito? forty chess huh forty chess hey hey 40 Chest. This is a trade show, Patreon, the trades go, tap in and watch, that's what you came for, to say my name, they know my name, bro.
1: What's good, man? We got in HM
0: always start off the show with a trade from them, you should always make sure that your trade is in, Patreon, why not be a Patreon? Know you wish you could spend every day with them, tap in and say what you gonna say with them, stop Hamlet can fill up a stadium, next time you log in, make sure that you bring a friend, we about to kick off, let the day begin, go follow the song. 40 Chess FF is posted. If your trade is an F, you get roasted. Go like and subscribe for the crew. Apple, Spotify, and the YouTube. You know Cooper got the walkthrough. Let us give you a walkthrough. 40 Chess. This is 40 Chess.
1: M&M said it feels so good to be back Feels good man
0: hey man I'm not even gonna lie like it feels great to be back that- it
1: does feels great man welcome <laughs> that- back into the 40 chest dynasty football podcast we took last week off Adam well I was gonna say I was just gonna you, touch on you that dog. mostly you you took last week off I yep. for the most part I did the I did the marathon show with Eric which you know if if i had my way too like i felt like eric was rushing me to get out of there <laughs> at the end i don't know if uh, how many people listened to it like especially at the end and i'm like Nah, i'm good man i ain't doing no content this week let's go <laughs> you want to go back over these teams when we get to the end eric you want to just go in reverse
0: let's <laughs> so, go cool. let's let's rewind this thing re- redo it again i run it back man I, I mike i never like taking time off of doing work here because i don't feel like it's that much of work right but i also yeah. was like getting i don't know man it was so much you do so much so often you're in this schedule routine and it man that week off actually was like it it was amazing because now i don't i'm just like ready i was itching to do a show again you know all week this this like
1: completely understand like i really did enjoy myself too like just kind of having a week to step back and relax and uh it's it's never worked for me too, but like the season was just such a fucking grind this year, man. Like it was you know, I have so many leagues to take care of and commission so many leagues and then we're doing content. It's like every day I'm doing stuff. I rush home from work and you just get right at it and it was like man, it was kinda of weird feeling, you know, like I come home on an afternoon and it's like I ain't got shit to do right now. This is what this is how the other half lives. I know man. <laughs> like I kinda missed this a little it was, bit. It right? was freeing just a little.
0: A little, yeah. a little freeing, yeah, just had that week. But
1: and then I felt dirty. And then, like, this week I was like, fuck, I can't wait till we do some content, man. I got to get back and talk to my guy.
0: Well, because let me just tell you how how sick I kind of am, right? Like, I I told Mike, and I, I told you initially, honestly, because for me it's hard to take a week off. I, I a lot of last week was, like, reflecting on my leagues and looking back and, like, trying to make myself take some time off. Because in the year, I, not only do I not take time off, I'll end up doing just I, – I put so much into – Everything we're doing, content, you know, talking about stuff, trying to improve or whatever process we're we're working on. I said I'm going to take a week off, and then I, I couldn't even do it all. I had to do my own solo podcast before <laughs> I finished the week. I'm just I'm I'm a, I'm a degenerate man, you know. Which was fantastic, by the way. So for people who don't know, we do have a podcast feed
1: right and it's uh it's a good one and there's some podcast exclusives uh hopefully here especially with the off season things are settled down i'll be able to get some uh the spotlight series crank back up and get some more dynamite guests on like i've had uh adam's got a solo show on there you know obviously america's game 40 chess that kind of stuff makes it on there uh the ama when when i remember <laughs> makes it on there in the trade show audio but if you only catch us on YouTube, like there's a there's a podcast version out there, and there's some exclusive content there that's really really good stuff over there. <laughs> like I love doing the spotlight series. Yes. Uh, just getting to to interview people, and <clears throat> you and I kind of talked about uh, doing a solo episode. At least in my opinion, like it stinks. I'd rather talk to you. Uh, yeah. To be completely honest. Oh, but of course, of course. It's also kind of therapeutic and a little like because there's so much shit that goes on in my brain, and if I just let it all out like verbal vomit all the time. Uh, you would get mad at me. would <laughs> be like, fuck, you never let me talk. <laughs> i never get to say anything. So,
0: What do you mean what, if I felt like that?
1: Oh, oh if. Oh, my <laughs> bad.
0: <laughs> we, we both, I'm saying we both do that to each other. It's that. That's yeah. even when we're doing it together. I, I'm 100% with you, though. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm just fucking around.
1: No, nah, no, nah, you're good, man. So anyways, we're back for the 4D Chess Dynasty Football Podcast. And this is, honestly, this is my favorite episode we do every year. Uh, we've made Same. it a habit. Uh, I don't know if we want to call it the accountability episode, whatever, but our biggest (laughs) misses uh, where we fucked up and uh, it was prevalent. Um, You know, I had a great, successful uh, overall fantasy season, but there's a lot of things where I look back (laughs) and I'm like, damn, man, like how much better could I have been if I would have got that right? Well, (laughs) I wouldn't have fucked this up so bad. So, yeah, I love doing the accountability episode and that's where I learn all my shit, man. I don't I don't. If I go on and I win a league Adam, I don't really learn a whole lot from winning that league, right? Like, okay, well, whatever the fuck I did here was working, right? Okay, we just try that again next year. It's the ones where I get kicked mm-hmm. in the teeth. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that was heartbreaking. Oh, what could I have done to change it? So accountability episode.
0: I think, you know, Mike, it's funny because as you say that, <clears throat> um the the podcast I did solo podcast, uh the first episode anyway. So it's called Highly Detailed, the first episode transparent. It's transparent failure was a lot of that right figuring out um you know because i had a bad year as far as overall teams that advanced and i'm like All right, i gotta i gotta really look back at this like i know variance is strong and i had some teams like that I, I i still look back i'm like how in the world did i score more points than anyone in the league in the regular season and in the playoffs but lost in before the championship like that sometimes variance happens But you know, when you have only a handful of wins in the playoffs, like there's got to be something else here to this. Right. And so I started looking in, you know, certain misses from not just players, but just your team as a whole. So that podcast, a lot of it was um, talking about exactly what you just said and why this episode for us on 4D so great, because you don't I mean you can you can learn stuff from your successes if you're actually willing to peel back the curtains. But a lot of times that's when people end up resting on their laurels. Right. They're like, oh, man, I just won. I'm good. Like, look at this squad. I'm. Got a goon squad. Good luck. You guys chase me. Well, the best way to learn is actually through mistakes or like, you know, not necessarily just mistakes, things that you can look back and reflect and like, man, why did I do this though? It's not just seeing what happened. It's why did I do this or where in the um, process that I had of missing, like, where is there a learning ability here? Like, what can I take from this now and go into next year? Okay. I did this last year. I did this two years ago. I need to work on not doing that again in 2024
1: all right so i'm gonna kick it off my biggest one for me adam hit it up uh, uh and this is gonna encompass a few things but we're just gonna start with a position the quarterbacks super flex leagues. that's all i play in. i don't play in one qb leagues uh if you do good on you you know i'll try to give the best advice possible for one qb leagues but just know that's not what i do <laughs> and i'm a super flex guy through and through um or two qb that's fine too uh quarterbacks though I put so much emphasis. Didn't matter if it was lineup, best ball, um, auction strategy, right? Like how many of these auction startups that we did were quarterbacks just went for ballistic prices. And you know me when I'm in an auction, like I'm price checking every son of a bitch on fucking quarterbacks left and right. Like, nah, you ain't getting them for 150 boss. (laughs) You want them, you got to come to me. So when I left a lot of those auctions, I may have three, four top 12 quarterbacks, I thought. And uh, the quarterback position as a whole was dog shit this year um top to bottom um you know josh allen did fine uh by espn standard scoring 23.1 fantasy points per game adam uh that's qb1 for you though (laughs) right 23 and you're like okay that ain't so bad uh just by reference 22 was a bad year for quarterbacks in general and we kind of talked about that when we started looking at warp graphs didn't we leading into the season like of course yeah I think this is an aberration, right? Like, if you go look at 21, you go look at 20, 19, 18, like the quarterback line is so much higher than everybody else in Superflex leagues. 22 was a, was kind of an odd year. All right, 23, though, we're getting back. Like, we're coming back. It was even worse. It was even worse. In 22, your QB1 was 25.2 fantasy points per game, Adam. Almost two full fantasy points better, uh, Jalen Hurts was, than yes. what Josh Allen scored this year. Josh Allen himself 22 24.7 fantasy points per game Patrick Mahomes 24.6 uh Joe Burrow Davis Webb you know for one game uh we don't really count him but Justin Fields was pretty close to 20 points per game as well then you look at the 23 season and it's you know Josh Allen like I said leading the pack at 23 Hertz down to 21 Lamar 20.7 and that's you know your probable MVP of the league right there at 20.7 fantasy points per game. Uh, Joe Flacco, old Joe Flacco, 20.2 fantasy points per game. Dak at 20.2. And then it's like a fall-off. It's 18.8, 18.7, 18.5. Like the warp line in almost every league universal is just the quarterback line is below wide receivers. <clears throat> it's probably below running backs. If you're tight end premium, are sure. nuts. It might even be like right in par with the tight end premium league, and it's quarterback by hole was a largely replaceable position. Like you probably hit on some guys, right? Some guys on your championship roster. You might have had some Joe Flackos, and that was the dudes who were carrying you. You know, Matt Stafford was on a heater. Joe uh, Jordan Love kind of came out of nowhere, and he was a, a you know above average warp option for you. You know, and re- may have been re- very out much some in the other people. Half. Yeah, right. Um But all those leagues man where i paid a premium whether it was an auction draft capital to move up in the startup if it was an existing league um you know we did multiple dynasty trade shows where me myself is trading three four first round picks plus you know to go get mahomes types justin herberts you know the trevor lawrences of the world you largely struck out and you struck out in a big way where you know, the Brock Purdy types, the ones that I shit on going into the season, all of a sudden, you know, they're keeping pace or outscoring uh, guys that you paid a premium for. So that was a huge miss for me. And while we're on the quarterback position, uh, missed on Brock Purdy. Bad, bad. Now, still, I still argue in my position for probably, what, seven, eight, nine weeks at this point, I've tried to be crystal clear about it, as I think he's a very good QB2 with some QB upside, QB1 upside. uh uh-huh because of that offense uh I don't think talent wise he's like the most talented and I think he maybe throws some uh some passes where I'm like yep that's getting picked (laughs) right and we've seen those multiple interception games but he was definitely more on par where if you had Brock Purdy you were doing all right and Adam in the offseason man I was trading this dude away for third round picks Mm -hmm. left and right and I was buying into Trey Lance who did nothing for you so uh, another part of the QB misses but uh, for me quarterback position as a whole top to bottom didn't really matter what kind of where you looked I guess if you had Josh Allen you were fine uh, you had Jalen Hurts you got by Lamar Jackson uh, we were partially right on uh, but even if you look at like his points per game it was like man that's not what it could have been right <laughs> if you're going to be a one of the top warp options at the quarterback position I expect you to be in a top warp option amongst the whole league right? Like whatever league I look at, and that wasn't really the case for the quarterbacks this year.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I got a crazy one for you here. All right, I to kind of touch on this. Now, I see a question here. It's a good question. Casey Frank asked, uh, did this year change perspective on the QB horde strategy? So many folks got away with Flacco, Mullen, Stick, etc. Like for me, the answer is no, actually still. I don't know what you, where, you, where your take is on the quarterback horde. Are you, like, are you changing your philosophy in the quarterback court as a general, or are you saying in auctions you kind of messed up by putting too much money up front of your whole budget in that in that scenario?
1: I'm not going to be as aggressive um, with my quarterback acquisitions. So whether that's in a normal snake draft startup, um, you know, in the in the league, I'm not going to go pay the, uh, the four first iron <laughs> price for the Patrick Mahomes of the world anymore. Okay. But here's one thing: I think the quarterback hoard strategy as a whole is still very beneficial. Absolutely, um, you still need it. Um, Absolutely, just because even though I say quarterback scoring was down and they were more on like the replacement level, having an option that's going to get you 17, 18 fantasy points, you know, <laughs> given your league scoring versus you know, starting a skill position guy in that super flex spot is a massive, massive difference, right? Like warp yeah. wise, that's still you're you're better off with the quarterback. So it doesn't change just scarcity at all. Um I think it just changes the top value where I don't want to pay that iron price in auction startups, you know, in existing leagues anymore.
0: Um, yeah, I would say in the I think the big takeaway for me is doing it in a startup potentially still could happen depending on where the values are. Auction, probably, at the prices we were seeing all offseason last year, absolutely not worth the bang for your buck, right? What you, right. You're, you're going to be lucky to get out for what you ended up acquiring some of them for once you get into your budget. Now, I w- I'll highlight, I think, for me, Mike, uh, I'm going to give you a couple of stats to just everyone to think about for a second. Why, when I look at this year, I believe still, Mike, this is going to be a little more of an aberration year for the quarterback position. Um I just want you guys to think about this, all right. The do you know who the passing touchdown leader was this year in the NFL?
1: Passing touchdown leader. Ooh. Dak Prescott.
0: Good yep, that's correct. That's a good guess. Yeah, very good guess. Dak now think about just think about that for a second. A guy that had awful, awful stats for six weeks, led the entire league in touchdowns. And it wasn't all that close. He had 36 relative to the second. Mike, you have an idea who the second leading touchdown passer this year was at 32 touchdowns?
1: Josh Allen?
0: No. Josh Allen comes in at the number six spot, by the way. Damn. The Um, top five are going to be just kind of a – or top four in particular are going to be kind of an eye-opener, I think, for people.
1: It wasn't Brock Purdy, was it?
0: Just narrowly missed. Brock Purdy, 31, the third All spot. Right.
1: Matt, Matt Stafford.
0: Matt Stafford was 11, 24. Damn. Yeah. Dude,
1: I have no idea.
0: Jordan Love at 32. Jordan Love was two? Uh, now, now, Mike, just think about that. Think about that reaction and think about what I said about Dak Prescott. The top two passing touchdown leaders had terrible first half starts. They did. They did. Well... I wouldn't say Jordan Love had terrible first half
1: start. Like he did some things. I think it just took longer for us to get on board. Right. Like I, Dude, there was I was desperately trying there to like I don't know how many times we went over the warp, and I'm like, listen, I know like Jordan Love's had some moments where it doesn't sure. look good, but damn, warp's telling me he's decent. Adam, any interest? Mike, Mike, hold on. Nah. Just
0: I need you. To, I need you to understand that that while the Wait, warp the, was okay, the, the stats, the, the, one, the, yes. the stats on Jordan Love early were bad. Dude, understand? Listen, right, fifty five percent completion. 245 passing 56% completion 151 50% 259 63% 246 53% 182 like his first half of the year was not a very good year as a quarterback at all now the reason I'm saying that they both started off not the greatest and they and they led the league in passing touchdowns at the end of the year because as a whole not that it wasn't like it was pretty bad, if you look at it. And the names also, number three, Brock Purdy. Number four, Jared Goff. Damn, like,
1: Goff was that high.
0: That's that's what I'm saying. I, I think when you look at this, it's going to be more of an aberration. Uh, number seven, Baker Mayfield. Number nine, Russell Wilson, who did, literally got benched and people said wasn't good all season.
1: <laughs> right, right. They're like, hey, we're probably cutting them in the off season now. Jared stood on at
0: your, your show for the last two weeks. I actually think, Mike, now this is call me crazy. I, I agree with you in the auction part. And I agree that we missed. If you built your team around two top five options, unless those were Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen, you missed, right? That being said, I think this offseason, if this is the perception, not in an auction, waste all your money so you can't go get other players, but in startups specifically, in trades, if I can it might be a chance to actually acquire quarterbacks at a down price because of a year that I think when we look back is going to be very odd relative to the rest of the time. So you're saying you might even go uh, a little bit more QB horde heavy? Not in an auction. Because I, I think what I found with you especially this year, like I've done it before and gotten burnt, but I watched you a couple times. It's like if you do it in an auction and you end up losing 70 80% of your budget on that, you can't get a team formed and now you're literally relying on selling these players at a full boat and or to even get back what you put into them right Right. i think too
1: with a general overall theme at least how i'm looking at it right now um i think there's uh, this is projection too right let me let me preface this by we just got burned hard in a lot of leagues but when I go and I look at a league, like I take a generic one, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be doing like three or four startups, you know, some of my own, some of them, you know, got invited to best ball leagues. But when I go look at a warp graph and I'm trying to formulate how I want to draft here with the offseason, everybody knows quarterbacks were, were bad, right? Like just in general. A lot of people got burned left and right, you know, with the Herberts of the world, the Lawrences, um, you know, some of these guys. You know. Daniel Jones at one point for, for startup value was damn near a second-round pick. You know Eric and I kind of talked about that, and you lost that dude early, and he was terrible <laughs> when, when he was yep. out there on the field. Um, kind of left and right, you were just kind of getting hurt all over. I do agree with you. I think that bad, sour taste is going to be it. So when I go look at a league and I see that the quarterback, even in a horrible year right in general, just all the way across, that warp graph is still above wide receivers or running backs, I'm like, what if, what if we get – even a regression to the mean of 2018 19 20 21 if we get any kind of like positive regression where quarterbacks start to come back right and we start to get back to this 25 26 27 fantasy points per game scoring and multiple dudes at the top separating themselves from the junk holy shit I'm like that's the kind of value jump that i want to be on yeah. Now, I don't want to overpay to do it, right? And especially in auction, right? And I'm not going to go out and spend $350 of my $1,000 budget anymore on one quarterback. Nah, nah. But we're in a startup, and all of a sudden, you know, Justin Herbert kind of slips to that 111, 112, and you're like, fuck, this is easy. Like, I'm going to bank on positive regression. I'm That's... going to bank on him coming back and being being this this dynamite, this warp difference maker. Even a guy like Trevor Lawrence would be in consideration there. And there's a few things that lend me to believe it, Adam. If you look at the the, uh, the was 2021 draft class, you know, we had Kenny Pickett <laughs> alone.
0: 2022, like, yep,
1: 2022. 20, 2021, right? He would have been 21, 22, whatever. Yeah, 2022. The last two years of draft classes, right? We we thought Malik Willis might go one. We thought Sam Howe was up there. Right. None of those dudes, okay? Yeah, we that was, was the 22 Pickett. class. Yep, Kenny it Pickett is, was the only first round. Ass. Yep. Right. Then we go to 23, right? Anthony Richardson started off hot, got hurt. You know, we miss him. That's a independent value discussion. Bryce Young was dog shit for most, except for, like, what, week 16? Mm-hmm. <laughs> most of the year. CJ Stroud was a great surprise and moved up. But the well, rest of the quarterback class, like Will Levis, <laughs> was below mid. Yes. <laughs> you know, as far as what he did, he was a second-rounder. Like, the the NFL had been hurting for quarterbacks for a while, The draft classes did them no favors they stayed away as a whole not a lot of quarterback situations were getting resolved we had a lot of retreads we had a lot of injuries it feels like 24 this 24 draft class with the influx of quarterbacks and you know however you want to do it this is kind of why i posted the other day you got you go look at the the teams picking in the top 14 top 15 you got 10 teams in there that 10 different teams that need quarterbacks Yep. you know in one
0: way or another and some of them are probably like, likely to try to get up to that one spot because uh they they, to, they need the quarterbacks spot,
1: right? yeah they need quarterbacks in one way or the other we have veterans getting let go left and right you know teams moving on we're going to mm-hmm. have some retreads landing in some spots that are going to be interesting uh offense as a whole like has been a focus of the NFL especially like you can see what the Eagles play here towards the end of the season you're like this is such a uninspiring dog shit offense It feels like there's going to be a rebound towards the offense and especially the quarterback position. So if I'm already breaking even at the quarterback line in a new league or a new startup or or heading in where I go, damn, like even though quarterbacks were bad in 23, I'm going to bank on the positive regression. And I'm going to go, maybe we rebound. It doesn't have to be like this complete 180 where we change directions. But if we get 40% better, you're playing with house money like found money. You're going to be dominating the piss out of your leagues in 24. Because you were willing to take that gamble on the quarterback position.
0: Yeah, I think I think there's there's like because I want to get back to our misses. I don't want this to just turn the take the whole show. But I will say the, there's two there's two big big factors for me that say this. One that um, a lot of very good quarterbacks didn't actually have good years, and then the combination of that with a absolute insane amount of injuries to starting quarterbacks this season, I think will end up being. Tip. I I just don't I don't think and I certainly don't hope that we have that many quarterback injuries year in and year out. That would really suck um, for that to be the case. But that's the reason I believe that to change. <clears> well, the change the change is coming
1: in, in the auction. I had to pull up shit. Auction seven was the last auction draft we did before the season actually you know kicked off, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at the auction values. I'm so glad I tracked these on Sleeper and put them in so I can go back and look at this. But Patrick Mahomes went for three forty six. Adam. Right, And uh, I think a lot of people are probably hesitant on C.J. Stroud. He went for 131. So what you're telling me is you could have got three C.J. Stroud types
0: well, <laughs> for one
1: Patrick And like sitting here today, you're like, fuck.
0: Well, you I was just going to – That was going to be my biggest miss this year, Mike, is that I am um, – I know, Mike, you and I tend to sometimes have a little bit of disagreement here when it gets to the diversity or uh, like diversifying players, right? Mm-hmm. For me – um another highlight for that for me this year is going to be my my biggest miss was when I had the chance if I was going to go get an elite quarterback I was like instead of paying let's say 30% for Jalen Hurts I'm going to pay 33 or 34 for Mahomes. Like I'm just going to go ahead and go all the way to Mahomes because I just know he's that good. Well guess what? One I didn't diversify with other elite quarterbacks in that range. I basically just got Mahomes every time there. So that was one big miss is not just you don't have to always go right up to the one you believe is the top and then two, Patrick Mahomes for me Mike was a miss I had so many teams that <clears throat> believe it or not like I, I just want people to think about this this is my miss this is one of my biggest misses. I have a ton of them by the way I'm not trying to act like this is the one thing I have legitimately Mike some teams that were really built well and Patrick Mahomes is the reason that I didn't do well like Patrick Mahomes this year just think about this last year I told you who led the league in passing touchdowns. 36, Dak Prescott. Last year, Mahomes had 41 to lead the NFL. This year, he is barely inside the top 10. He's the same passing touchdowns as frickin' Russell Wilson. I paid paid the iron price with no... There was no option for him to do bad, let alone have this bad of a year. And that... You can't do that, especially for how much we play best ball, Mike. You can't consolidate all the way up to that top guy, not diversify it at all, and expect to not get completely burned across all your leagues with that. So um, that is a, like a microdynamic thing that I, I was, you know, why did I screw up? When I consolidated way up to the top, it was for Mahomes, and it was all to him. And you're going to lose a lot of best ball leagues doing that, man, when he was this bad.
1: I'm looking just on uh sleepier too at my, you know, I had – what I have 28 best ball leagues, I think I said, when the playoffs started, and 20 Correct. of them were in the playoffs. Correct. Like, my uh, my diversification of quarterbacks, <laughs> like my most rostered quarterbacks this year, is a disgusting list. It's, you know, Mac Jones, <laughs> C.J. Bethard, Zach Wilson, obviously, like, those guys you're, you're playing <laughs> for whatever. Mason Rudolph, Trey Lance, Tannehill, Russ. Uh, I'm trying to find a good one. <laughs> Uh, Justin Fields, I guess. Trevor Lawrence. Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence had five shares of.
0: There you go. Right. Uh,
1: Probably my best. Like, not a lot of Mahomes. Not a lot of, Jesus, man. Like, only three Dak Prescotts, so, like, he did okay on those teams. Obviously, Mm -hmm. those ones probably won. Uh, Three of Lamar, three of Josh Allen, like, those did fine. Three Tua's, you know, three Herberts. To the diversification, I was just kind of all over the map on quarterback, So I, right. I think I can agree with you on that. Like maybe that lends into it where you're not putting all your eggs in like one basket. Patrick Mahomes is that dude or Jalen yep. Hurts for me is that dude, right? You know, if something I bad think, were to happen or down the stretch there.
0: Exactly. And I, th- I think you just kind of have it. Like you didn't – it wasn't by design for you. you. You don't care necessarily to say I need to diversify. But that right there just I think shows a point where – it just happened to be that way for you because you you'll just you invest in any, any quarterback, any position. We, we both will, but if you don't have a little bit of diversity, if you don't diversify at all, you're liable to get stuck with the one quarterback that does screw up or doesn't have a good year, and that's going to totally kill you across a multitude of leagues. So that, that, that for me was the, the combination of those two things, picking the wrong one and putting all my eggs into the basket of Patrick Mahomes. I like it. I like it. All
1: right, buddy. I, I went to uh one that probably affected both of us pretty strong. Do you got one that that stuck out to you?
0: Um, what's that
1: biggest miss?
0: Oh, I was, That's I was saying my biggest miss was like one of my biggest miss was Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Like that was, the, gotcha. All right. My Mahomes, And then also not in the Mahomes. Also another piece to take away from, not just that Patrick Mahomes was bad. Don't put too many eggs into one basket, especially costing that high. Right. Like, if you put all your eggs into Justin Jefferson, even, uh, that could have really hurt you because he wasn't available at times. So that's that's kind of, I guess, the point with, uh, to go along with Patrick Mahomes. There's like two points in that one.
1: I can take that. Um, one for me, uh, you know, kind of like the Patrick Mahomes, and it's his teammate, is I thought Travis Kelsey was going to be different, right? <laughs> I thought father time was never going to catch up to him.
0: <laughs> yep, me too, buddy.
1: <laughs> I paid the iron price for a lot of Travis Kelsey and some contending leagues. Right. Where I'm like, he's just too good. You know, we we talk about this all the time. If you were rebuilding, you wanted to get off Travis Kelsey, but it was one of those situations where you almost felt like you had to compete because what you were going to get from him on the open market wasn't what he was actually worth to your team. Now, in hindsight, you should have got off of him. Didn't matter if you didn't get full bolt, you should have got off of him, which I didn't in some leagues. And then I made the double down and made the mistake, too, especially when we started looking at Warp. I'm like, man, he's been such a difference maker for the last two years. This is something that I'm willing to pay two firsts for, even in a best bowl league or even in a half-point tight end premium where they just really don't matter. Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, those are the two tight ends that I want to invest in. Both of them, Bernji. Now, Mark Andrews to injury, but even then, before that, like TJ Hawkinson was out, outpacing him, um, like Sam Laporte <laughs> as a rookie was keeping up with mark Andrews as far as warp when he was healthy you had some other tight ends start to come out of nowhere it was just like damn man investing in the tight end position really no matter my tight end premium was probably a bad choice and making an exception for a guy that i knew was probably a bad bet somewhere in the back of my mind because of age (laughs) right Mm -hmm. like i told myself the good body story that i'm like one or two more years at least right like it's gonna happen right Father time's always undefeated. We don't know when it comes, but when it comes, it comes hard, and it comes like it's not that Kelsey was dog shit.
0: Christian, can you clip that? (laughs) It's
1: it's not. Yeah, it's not that he was dog shit awful. It's just the the simple fact, right? Everybody else kept up with him. Like there were people who had David and Joku and Evan Ingram on their teams that were gaping me,
0: Uh and I'm sitting there with
1: Travis Kelsey. You in know, best in the ball. playoffs going in like, best ball. in best in a good tight end premium. going, what the fuck is going I, on?
0: I wish, I wish I would have, I wish I would have after I said one, said another because that was going to be the same point to my next one, Mike. I had a great team that I still believe strongly in variance, like I said, I really do. But I, I went into the best, uh, the playoffs, basically being Travis Kelsey or bust at the tight end position with a Goon Squad, and I got news for you. That spot was filled with a terrible spot start by McKelsey, and no one really could get in and out of that spot. And that's that'll kill you. That'll kill you in best ball. And uh, I think in general, Mike, that's going to be one of the lessons in best ball. I was chasing a lot of Warp, and Warp did a lot of very good things for myself and for other people. But I think, again, we have to be very careful with Warp to not this is going to be my next one I guess. I don't mean, didn't mean to cut you off if you were still not finished with the Kelsey one, but Oh, go ahead. Not chase I just for me not chasing specifically last year's warp at a even like a line or a player. Like looking a little we we did talk about this, like looking broader, but there was definitely times where I was focusing in on look at Kelsey last year, man. It's a cheat code. It's a cheat code. Look at Mahomes last year, cheat code. Well, guess what those cheat codes did, buddy? Them them that cheat code that you pressed in, it didn't work before the game, and you got gaped in that, uh, that game because the cheat code didn't come in. So I, I, I think chasing warp um, specifically, like looking at a Kelsey and saying it's just not going to happen, um, was the next thing for me. And it kind of it kind of highlights that same Kelsey point for me.
1: Another one, I got better at it, um, but still not to the level that I need to be. Uh, you gotta, I got to do a better job of letting go of my priors, you know, prospect evaluation hype that kind of thing like i look at I this, generally, guy. This, this is
0: good to hear this is good to hear I, i'm well, not, not that i'm not the same way but this
1: is good to hear well, you say it. i generally do a pretty good job of just trying to keep this agnostic value approach but there's still dudes who like catch up to you there's still dudes who you go man you know i want them in and, and scott kind brought up a great one for me this year where i disagreed with him and the problem is like here we sit Right now, after the season, and I'm like, "Fuck, Scott was right the whole fucking time. I should have just liquidated this fucking dude a long time ago, but I kept holding out how, hope.
0: How so come? Guy, how come it's always guy, Scott's got to be right? too? it's like every time I'm wrong on a player conviction, it's yeah. like Scott was right. Damn it! Just, to, just to drive that
1: knife in. But yeah, exactly. Kendra Miller was a good one. Oh, and God. I don't know if you remember the the off season tweets about Kendra Miller. You know, people, I loved him. Eric loves him. You loved him. You know we ranked him high. We loved the situation. I'm like, well, this is gonna be the fucking hammered Alvin Kamara catching passes. He's gonna get an early opportunity. I don't give a fuck about Jamal Williams. I was right. Jamal Williams didn't matter at all. <laughs> like, there's a reason we called him Jamal for the longest time. Great year last year with Detroit, but you do like that wasn't the same situation. All right, boss. So mm-hmm. we hit that one. But I thought Kendra was going to have a massive role, and the guy couldn't stay healthy. Um, He had problems in the preseason where he didn't look the greatest. And Scott was arguing with people on Twitter, and I don't think Scott and I ever publicly argued about it or disagreed even in private or had a conversation about it, but that was one of those where I see Scott tweet it and have those, and I'm like... All right, Scott. I'll let you do your thing, but I fucking disagree, man. Like I want, I want all the Kendra I can. Like I'm not just trading them for any fucking third. I just drafted them in the second. Why would I trade them for any third now in 24? Here we sit, and I'm like, I'd fucking kill to have that well, third in 24. I would kill to have that third. Please, I could have used that thing during the season. I could have bought Tommy DeVito when he was hot and filled in in the Best Bowl League. I could have bought Joe Flacco after one week where I'm like, oh, Joe's just going to go out there and fucking sling this thing all over the place. Let me buy this for a quarterback for my championship run. No, Instead, I held on to Kendra Miller all this time, and now I'm sitting here telling people on Canton Bound last week doing the solo pod, like, fucking any third, you can have him. (laughs) Take him. And
0: you know how many people are going to come by right now?
1: Not that many.
0: <laughs> well, I think one. It was also just understand in that, and that was Scott also letting you know he didn't take any Kendra in the second. Right. Deep so, past. Yeah, yeah. There was also his conviction on that, and he happened to be right. But I, I do think that I, I like that call. Um, being too convicted and uh, letting your priors kind of get in the way. Um, so. I think that's a good one in general for, for you and I. I think we've gotten better, but we can – And we, we must have been pretty bullish um, from the beginning because while getting better, we got a lot more to improve on, huh?
1: Yeah, well, I can lump – not just Kendra. I don't want to just pick on that guy, but
0: – I know you're using an example. There's other I, – I know. The point is that we have too much conviction in our prior sometimes. Juju was a
1: good one for me personally, right? I tried. I tried. Find- I, I tried. I tried.
0: I tried, too. I really did. We went, we went back. I think it became personal between you and I at that point. It I wasn't it even did. about Juju and Cooks.
1: Well, it was like the the Quentin Johnson, Puka Nakua, right? Which makes the list for me, especially, too. Oh, Letting wow. go of priors, man. I didn't think Puka was very good, right? And draft capital-wise, like, there was nothing to tell me that Puka was good <laughs> or going to be a great prospect. Like, who gives a fuck about a round five wide receiver, right? You know, I see Debro was one of the only people out there tweeting in the offseason about Puka over and over and over and over and over again. And I thought he was nuts, right? Then we get to week one. Puka's playing. Puka has a great week. I still couldn't let go of my fucking priors and be like, all right, who gives a shit about draft capital? I can get behind you
0: after – I I was with you, Mike, after a single week, though.
1: Two weeks? Like, it's two
0: weeks? When two weeks – when he had back-to-back 100-plus yard games in all those targets and catches – he had 50, He had ten and fifteen catches. People don't get that many targets. I don't care what the situation is, without earning so, them to a degree, right? So that I was guess when I started end, to switch. I,
1: I guess the question is, at what point do you let go of your priors, and does it matter the player? Okay, so for example,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Isaiah Hodgins was somebody that I strongly avoided, right? No matter how he finished last year, some of the games he had, uh, I think he even had a good playoff game last year for the Giants. In, the, in their game the drum beat for isaiah Hodgins was really good but one the profile was bad i think he was in his year three last year and might be year four this year if not it's you know it was cl- he had multiple years in the league of doing fucking nothing right mm-hmm. being a practice squad guy barely making a roster couldn't even make an active roster and then we had a very small sample size of him being relevant after the fact does that change though? Like, should that weigh more? Where you can look at an Isaiah Hodgins and go, "No, like this dude's had multiple years." Travis Fulgham, like type, where yes. you go, "Nah, I'm good," versus a guy, regardless of draft capital, who comes out and produces <laughs> right away like that and has that role.
0: Yes, I do think I do think some of that's there. I think that here's, I guess, uh, I'll probably do more of the Puka stuff on a win of me where it's uh, all right, well something I want on, but. It, I'm not going to act like I hammered it home all offseason. I I was someone that bought into Puka I guess later than probably most, but earlier than I think a lot of people were willing to. Um I'll just say for that the point you're talking about here to try to it's hard to quantify, but when I see somebody that is getting that many targets, like he was doing something like that to me at a certain point when like Hodgins or Fulgham, they were having very good moments and nice games. I was I'm not gonna take anything away from what they were doing. But Puka Nakua came in as a rookie with a team that we talked about was gonna be really bad. This team made the playoffs, and he was earning targets at a very high clip and killing it for the first five weeks of the season so the first week you know whatever it's a totally new situation but then now teams are starting to understand that that's happening and he's still killing it like I start to already begin to throw draft capital out the window to an extent there like you're proving it on the NFL gridiron and then when you think about how he finished his whole season in in the middle we could admit there was a four or five week stretch where people probably were getting a little worried. Like, maybe he's not actually that good. He still, granted, an extra game, still broke the rookie record. If you take the one game away, he's 28 yards short or something like that of the rookie record. Like, he was on pace for that pretty early. I think there's some times where, in a situation like him, is going to be rare. But if you're going to let go of the draft capital, because I get the point there. When a guy's doing as much as he was early – like, there's certain times where the draft capital goes out the window for me. When I see a guy have that much success that early without failing, that's hard to, like, ignore for me.
1: To that point, then, too, like a big miss. Holding on to guys a little bit too long, right? Like the Kendra Miller thing. Um, that one, so,
0: I got I – yep, I'm with you. Bad.
1: So, not just with that, but uh, Quentin Johnston for me, right? I want to give people time because they're rookies. But – I always find myself in this trap where it's uh, by like week five. QJ hadn't done fucking anything at him. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it he hadn't did anything all season, to be completely <laughs> honest. But by week five, just put yourself in that mindset. Still hadn't done anything. Um, hadn't even shown a flash. Like he's not getting targets. He's not getting the ball. The snap shares dog shit. Josh Palmer is clearly their choice for for number three. Um, but there's always those little moments of hope, right? Like Mike Williams down for the year. Okay. Like they're going to ease him into this, but you know, when he takes off, he's going to take off. You fast forward to week seven and you're like, I'm still holding out hope. He still hadn't done anything by like week eight. You've almost resided to the fact like this is lost money. I pray he does something to regain his value so I could potentially move off of him to somebody else who still has this opium. Mm-hmm. But at what point, like, this is something I'm bad at. What point do you just cut your losses and just move on with yourself? Right. Because okay. I still, it, like, did, if I got a QJ share, I probably still have it from fucking week one or okay. from the trade I made with you.
0: This is a very, very good point. Like, I kind of touched on this for myself and, like, I think evaluating this specifically in the off season with Jackson Smith and Jigba. And I said why he's different. And I just, just file, try to follow me on this, what I mean. Okay. Because when I look at this, I was saying essentially, uh, And I kind of was echoing over and over, like with JSN, I don't know what will happen, but he's going to get a pass. Look at Drake London. He is, because of the community value, he's going to get a pass. Quentin Johnson, before he went anywhere, before he went to the Chargers, and that boosted a lot of people's opinion because of the landing spot, people were very high on the like, they were iffy. The community was very torn on that type of a prospect, right?
1: Had a, had a lot of red flags, right? <clears throat> Correct. Not as big as we thought he would. Not as athletic as Didn't play as,
0: as big. People felt like he wasn't a good high con- a contestant Only, catch only played right.
1: on one side of the field, right?
0: Exactly. Yeah. All those type things were making his community value very uh, polarized. He was very split. So, I think, Mike, the differentiator for me at receiver especially is if that case was JSN – I would have a harder time pulling, throwing him away for nothing or for a loss because I still think the community eventually will bail me out and there's probably some better talent for JSN. Quentin Johnson, Mike, I was a little bullish just because you think about it. I was like, people are a little too out on uh, QJ. And ultimately that was because of this split community view. When that split community view is having a guy that's doing this little and then opportunities are coming away, he's still doing that little. Like, I, I don't want to call it Jalen Rager, but that's where I think you can start to say Jalen Rager and get out for whatever you can right now because the price only goes down. Like, that's the way I'll probably approach it. And I could be wrong sometimes. Maybe a guy like that will end up, like, somehow miraculously turning his career around. But I can live with the fact that that's probably not the right process play and that's going to be an aberration. That's, I guess, the way I would view it. Or I don't know if that makes sense, but. That's my way of kind of viewing it and what I would have done in that situation. It was where I was a little more comfortable getting off a of QJ was like, I could see this going badly. I didn't expect it to go this bad when I trade, made those trades with you, by the way, for Puka. I did not expect it to be this bad. But that's, I guess, the way I would have approached or would approach the QJ thing. For the record, I didn't sell all of my QJ either. I'm just telling you, I think, like looking back at it. So
1: I, I just wanted to look at a couple. So we look at july like august range qj is kind of hovering around wide receiver 20 right but you can hear the the noise um by september he's down to wide receiver 26 uh, wide receiver 28 kind of when the mike williams thing and then there's a little dip down to 40s he must have done something at the first you know couple weeks of october because he kind of bounced back up to 36 is that point where you get that dip like you start to get that fall um, from 20 to 28, let's say that. Like, if you're kind of keeping an eye on it, is that where you go, like, I'm good. Like, I just <laughs> cut bait. Because specifically, like, to your JSN point, um, he started at a wide receiver 11 in July. Um, August, wide receiver 11. Uh, didn't start the season that great, right, at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> Almost non-existent. Well,
0: he, he, he really didn't, if you look back at his game log, too, Mike, he didn't really do anything. I mean he had a, like he had to, he started to show some flashes and some moments but when you look at his game log he at most had a touchdown and I think he was like 60 yards at a, in a game at one point at the most something like that so so he had a September fall too but he
1: only got down to like 21 right so from 11 to 21 he was still within that range like people are still going like oh yeah he's a wide receiver too you know yeah, at okay. worst like dynasty value kj has fallen into that wide receiver 3 range like for these rookie wide receivers if you got any kind of red flags and you haven't produced right away and you fall into that wide receiver three range can we just kind of agree that's probably like hey i need to get off this dude like this Mm -hmm. is my sign Um, let me find somebody else who has the hopium i will re-roll into another wide receiver three type and a plus if you'll give it to me and just move on with myself like could could that kind of be the firewall you think the cutoff point
0: I think that's, if you look at it from a value lens, it's probably a very fair assessment. Just because if a guy gets down that far, the community probably has already told you somewhere, someplace, that they weren't that high on him from the beginning or that they were a little worried. And when you get that far into the season, let's say at least halfway, certainly two-thirds of the way in. Because what do we know if at the end of the year now? You are going to be the complete, like, you're the poster child of a, face planner and we all know the face planner is not what you want to bet on and i think the community's probably becoming a lot smarter on even investing in face planners so now you're probably having even a hard time getting out at a loss like you're having a hard time getting out for anything right now so to me i think yes that's a good point um if the community shows you that they're halfway through the season or two-thirds of the way through the season like we're we're pushing him like he was pushing wide receiver for territory right there like right that's that's where Yeah, I agree with you.
1: Where you just go, I'm good. Um, Let me look at Kendra, too. Like, see if you can get that one. Well, Uh,
0: Kendra is at the running back probably started really dipping fast, I bet. Probably got in the 30s.
1: Well, he started out as RB30 right before the season. Um, By September, he's down to 35, uh, 37, you know, 38. The only difference with Kendra is he's had, like, a little bit of a bounce back, and there's still that hopium, so that's why I put him on the sell list. Like, there's still people out there who will buy Kendra right now. Like, there are. Um, You know, Eric and I disagreed about this on America's Game, which is fine. Like, I'm all for disagreement. Sure. Like, he still kind of believes in Kendra, so I'm just of the opinion, if you want to give me these RB 30-some prices, by all means, you have it, and I'll go find Mm. another guy in that range. But... Uh, I don't think it's as easy. I think it's more prevalent, like it's easier to see the dip at wide receiver because it's not just a QJ thing, right? QJ had red flags, but let's just change the subject. What if this had happened to Zay Flowers, right? Zay Flowers started in the same QJ range, and there was a debate back and forth, albeit I was wrong on that one, on which one I would rather have. right? Um, I still like Zay, but there were some concerns. But say Zay Flowers didn't do anything, right? Zay Flowers is in the QJ. He hadn't done anything. It, I, I mean it's, it's I think it, with Zay Flowers or Jordan Addison, if you still see that where they <laughs> fall under that wide receiver three range as a rookie, I don't you let go of your priors. Now the only ones I will make an exception for, and you and I have talked about this, would be the JSNs, the Drake Londons of the world, because they tend to retain value. Like your limit or your leash on, on getting fucked with these guys is a lot longer because the community's like, Well, you know, they were wide receiver one for a reason.
0: <laughs> right, and even even Jordan Addison. Um, who at one point was, I think, a lot more viewed Brosley um, or, you know, he was a lot more adored by everyone in the community, started, mm-hmm. you know, the weight and the size, didn't check all the boxes. So, like, to Zay Flowers, to Jordan Addison, um, to everybody this year in this class that wasn't JSN, there was enough of, I would say, uh, community negativity out there to if they started really poorly and didn't do anything for the first year, You could start to have the conversation. Now, Quentin Johnson just happens to be this year's example of it. I'm not trying to put like – I don't want to put the name of like Zay Flowers and act like Zay Flowers could have done that. He he could have. I just – when you think about the names, yes, if you put names to it this year, those are the type of guys that had good enough draft capital and investment, but they weren't the best like community view. And, yes, I agree. I think those are the type of prospects moving forward. You could definitely say – Man, I should probably just get something back before it goes to zero. I can
1: get behind that. I look at the graphs for like a Jalen Rager is kind of the the other one too, right? We <laughs> we started so high, pushing that wide receiver twenty like QJ, and then I think the community's getting um, sharper, smarter. Yes, a lot smarter yeah. because his his fall wasn't as steep. Even Sky Moore's last year wasn't as steep. Right, that's what um, I'm saying.
0: I think now it's going to be a lot harder to move off of face planners like Quentin Johnson than it might have been in the past. You might be able to find someone that still invests because of the name value from a year ago, right?
1: I think I think that's probably the overall theme of the miss is that I need to be better at doing it quicker, right? Because exactly. the community's getting sharper, right? Exactly. I need to be more that's proactive. A-
0: that's a great that's a great highlighting finish point on that, yes. The, as the community begins begins to get sharper, we have to be a little quicker in our decisions. I agree with that. I, I think you need that. to be
1: a little bit more reactive, um, and I need to turn it up. Generally, I, I slow play it and, you know, the whole it's dynasty and, you know, things take time. Yes, to some extent, but I also think because of the way the community reacts to it, I need to be more comfortable with, say I did move off of QJ by week five, Adam, right? And like we're kind of in that he just hit wide receiver three territory, <laughs> People are still kind of on the fringe, but somebody might give me a late first what they think. Like, I just need to go and say, yes, I'm going to take this. I'm going to move off of him. I'll figure the rest out later and be okay with missing. Like, maybe week six he goes off for 203 touchdowns, and you're like, fuck. <laughs> right? Just sold him for that. But you need to be okay with it because I think in the long run, more likely than not, we see these face plan or wide receivers quite a bit. And instead of getting stuck with them where you can barely get a third for this kind of dude. Now I need to be okay with just cashing out at 60, 70% because I'm <laughs> going to have more wins than I'm going to have losses.
0: Definitely agree. I totally agree with that. Um, I I was going to say, Mike, I think that uh, as far as misses go, I mean, this one's kind of crazy when I really look back at it. All right. And I, I, was somebody that was the biggest Cam Akers stand out there, all right, and last year during the 22 year, as much as I still was really loving, like I wanted to love Cam Akers, I went away during the season, right, because he was terrible, and then he came back and had such a great finish, and you're looking, and it's just the the backfield didn't change at all, really, like, I'm like, there's no way that, they seem like they finally ironed this out, I was in on Cam Akers, now, where I can look and say that I guess really, Mike, the reality is the McVay offense running back is something that I've been wanting to chase, and that's, I think, part of... You could really probably attest a lot of Cam Akers' success when he was having it to being in that system, um, the more I more I think about it. I was so wrong on Cam Akers this year, and I just assumed he was going to be the starting back. I think a lot of people did. I think there was a lot of reason to buy into his bounce back. And you want to talk about, Mike, to your point of not getting off of players, I I, I invested in Cam Akers in a lot of spots in <laughs> the spot of his complete peak, where he was coming off of that, you know, rookie season finish, and because I was like, S- you couldn't get out at a at a any type of a price, really. Uh, I almost invested back in more after the Achilles tear and through the ups and downs, I held so many of those shares, and again this year got completely burnt by Cam Akers in a bunch of spots. And I think, uh, as a whole, the running back position, Mike, for me, uh, the learning point, I think from the big miss of Cam Akers again, is that th- this position for me outside of a one or two people here and there is just going to be year to year. Like my dynasty ranks aren't going to look very, very far off at all, if at all from what redraft ranks would look like for me. And that's, like, I'm going to really get almost what feels super uncomfortable as an old running back truther in the way that I approach this position. Like, I I, I, it, I just have to do it to myself. I have to make myself, whether I love this prospect or not, it goes back to Kendra Miller. Like, I'm just – you made a point about with Eric and your difference. I don't – I actually – I kind of agree with both of you. I agree with Eric that, like, Kendra Miller gets a chance to get some run. Hell, yeah, he could be awesome. But I, what I don't – I agree with you is that – I want that for any player. I I can get out of Zamir White. I can get out of anybody. I don't need it, I don't need to spend RB thirty on Kendra, right? That's right. that's I think the reality of the running back position for me as a whole. But my miss to be very clear, that. Cam Akers. Horrible. I love
1: that too, just running backs in general too, talking about it. Um I think I'm gonna be very select. Um and I think I did a decent enough job, at least with the running backs, where I said like there's probably three dudes, maybe four, that I care about for multiple years of dynasty value. Outside of that, I treat them as, you know, like you said, redraft, one and done, if you can do something. Now, however, one of the misses I had, uh, Rashad White, the, the Kyron Williams thing. Um, well, obviously. It, it, and, and here's where, where I mean the misses. I need to be more open where even if I don't like you, um, you don't have age, whatever, I need to be open to the opportunity. Okay, yeah, if you're getting exactly opportunity, it. that's all I should fucking focus on for running backs, right? I can like Jameer Gibbs or, or Bijan Robinson, and if I want to, or Brees Hall, like if I want to keep those guys as dynasty assets, that's completely fine because I think you're relatively safe at the running back position if you're betting on year one, year two guys with really good draft capital who are explosive atle- athletes, that kind of thing. Everybody else, though, if you don't fall into that ca- category, the only thing I should be looking at is opportunity. Correct. I don't care that Antonio Gibson, I love him because he's a side speed freak, and I'm like, if he ever got it, if he ever got if he ever got right, I do. you do this shit all the time, if, 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 if. I don't care about the fucking ifs, I care about what you got now, and like Rashad White was a miss because I'm going, I don't really like the prospect, he goes down too easily. None of that shit should have mattered, and I should have just looked and gone, his backup is Keyshawn Vaughn. His backup is dogshit Chase Edmonds. His backup is whatever. He's the only fucking weapon that they have in this backfield right now, and he's getting all the work, and especially after week one or week two, as soon as you know it and they show it, like with Kyron Williams, you go, fuck it. The well, rest is out the window. This is something I want to invest in.
0: Okay, to, to highlight the point, right, to to really highlight uh, the miss and I think what the correction looks like. Okay, Mike, we we did this with DeAndre Swift. a while right yes guess what finally happened this year got the work got the work but here's the think about it this way okay yes deandre swift was actually very good this year i think he was a pro bowler this year but you got the same thing out of kyron williams if not better like deandre swift finally got like the lion's share not in detroit He got he got the whole backfield right (laughs) and and we'd rather have kyron williams for sure Sometimes it's, I think at this position, like the prospect profile, if it's super elite in the draft, like if all the boxes absolutely check, there'd be the few rare ones. And that needs to be extremely rare now. Like that, that line needs to be drawn to two, three people really at most, because guess what the other guys end up being? Javante Williams. Right? Why? Why? Yeah. You know? It just you got if you have an opportunity, the pro the prospect profile maybe is a tiebreaker. If I know that you're going to have the backfield versus someone I don't like as much, but if someone's going to have the opportunity, for example, whether that is Rashad White or it's really Gross and it's James Conner, those guys have opportunities, old or young, to really thrive for fantasy. That's the reality, and he's really strictly come to that.
1: Well, let me put in a great example, at least for me, as far as how you miss it. And this is where I do self-evaluation, and I go, why would I do it for one, but I didn't do it for the other, right? It all comes down because I like the guy a little bit more. 100%. I like James Cook, and I kept pounding you, like, hey, Adam, James Cook, and you're like, fuck you, man, like <laughs> James Cook. But what was the difference between James Cook and Rashad White, right? Same age, you know, basically, <laughs> you know, second-year guys. Mm-hmm. Both of them, you looked at the season, you're like... Okay. They got the backfield. I wasn't worried about Latavius Murray. I wasn't well, that, worried about that, Damian Harris. That was
0: the one thing I, I will admit that my my miss was if, if you would have told me that James Cook was going to actually take the backfield like he did, I would have been in on James Cook. I believe that the way that they misused him, it felt like at least in his first year, gotcha. it wasn't going to be the the case even though I didn't like those other guys. For for example, um I'm trying to think of the clear cuts, uh I'm trying to think of the clear cut one where oh Devin Singletary versus D- Damian Pierce, like, yeah, I didn't even think Devin Singletary was going to eat into that much of the workload, but guess what he did? He freaking took the backfield. So like for me, that was the miss. I didn't, I didn't think it was going to be as clear as day with James Cook. If you would have told me well, to your point that we, the opportunity can, was si- sized into this, I would have been like, I could not have fought you at all. I would have had no we can chance ju-
1: to juxtapose us too, like in season, right? Like, I'm, I wasn't the biggest James Jerome Ford fan. Correct. You know that. Yep. Like, I, I've never really been a big Jerome Ford guy. You, we, but after, actually, that's,
0: that's the OG days, me and you going back and forth right? on Jerome but Ford. But after
1: yeah. after Nick Chubb goes down, like, why aren't you buying into Jerome Ford, right?
0: We were worried about Kareem Hunt, and Kareem Hunt still came and still kind of took I mean, some carries. I mean,
1: almost but... immediately, like, Kareem Hunt wasn't even on the team.
0: Right, <laughs> like, yep.
1: Like, they had to sign that dude, and you were like, yeah, you're going to have a ramp-up time, and he might have some work, but you should have been on Jerome Ford from the the jump. Like, there's nobody else. He's getting the workload. It's a running offense, yada, yada, yada. Like, he's explosive. Who 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 cares about the prospect profile as a whole? Like, there may be some things about his game. You know, I thought he went down too easily on contact. You know, not the greatest receiver, yada, yada, yada. However you wanted to put it. Listen, he's got some athleticism. He can run the football. He put up for some production in college. And he has a backfield to himself as of right now.
0: <clears throat> yeah. Agreed. I it's. I think for this position, I, I can don't...
1: almost guarantee if you go back and you pull receipts about it, we're probably talking about on a trade show or the AMA, like, hey, what's Jerome Ford's worth right now? Like, what would you pay? And we're probably like, you know, maybe a third. Right. <laughs> you know, like maybe two thirds. If I'm feeling frisky, I don't think anybody was like, pay a second for it. <laughs> right? If you're competing, throw that second in right now, do it.
0: No, uh, I, I I eventually bought for a second, but it took me longer than it should have, you know. Took me a while. Kind longer. of the
1: kind of the same thing. You remember the the heat that I was getting for the Raheem Mostert thing, right? Like people yep. are like, You're you've off Mike's lost his shit. And I said, like, maybe the move is if the other contending teams don't want to sell Raheem Mostert, maybe you get something crazy and you throw your, your first in. Right? Here. I'll give you my late first for Raheem Mostert. I take him off your roster, I put him on mine. I got a warp difference maker at the running back position. Reheem Mostert, man, other than you know, unfortunately semi-final weekend championship week where he didn't fucking play for you or just championship week i think he played in the semifinals, but you know missed out on the most important game but leading up to that right if you were in the quarterfinals there's a reason you won the the quarterfinal matchup Raheem Mostert right there's a reason that your team was good and actually made the playoffs in the first place was Raheem Mostert scoring you fantasy points but that's the kind of thing like opportunity decent enough offense running the football they don't look terrible they can somewhat run block it's not a horrible situation just invest in in running back opportunity and stop worrying about all the other shit i think that's probably the biggest miss and you know stop trying to do this prospect evaluation where i like james cook a little bit more than rashad white i'm more willing to buy into the james cook backfield than i am the rashad white one yeah yeah it's the same thing it's the Mm. same fucking thing in the end buy into both
0: um all right so my my i would say th- th- this one mike i actually still kind of in a way now i'm not saying it's not a miss i i can't figure out how to um change or what what like how to move forward differently um on like jordan love this year because like guy i was not in because of the situation just it felt like it was gonna have to thread the needle so finely because a guy that d- doesn't get a, a time or chance to play this late, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. They did give him a contract to try to give him a chance to show what he could do. So I understood that there was a chance he could play well. But, like it, it started so, so poorly. Um, now, granted, it wasn't like a – I think I didn't maybe give a long enough leash. But typically, if you see a guy that doesn't have a guaranteed contract for, for that long play six weeks really that rough – I tend to want to be out sooner than later, uh, kind of the Quentin Johnson point, but I'll just admit, I mean, geez, man, this Jordan Love thing, while I thought was a, you know, victory lap midway through the October, whatever it was, turned into this guy, I'll be interested to see what his career turns into, but Mike, he he was unbelievably good this year in fantasy, and then at the end of the year, I mean, really found something uh, with the offense and the continuity. He was like almost seventy percent completion with multiple, multiple touchdowns and not nearly as many interceptions. I think he had one pick across the last seven games or something nuts. So, um, kind of a rare example. I admit that I was way wrong, but I'd be curious or if anyone has any ideas on like, I I don't know. I think this one's going to be a little more of an aberration that guys that typically get first round draft capital don't sit this long either. So, um, I think
1: it's a it is an aberration from the draft capital standpoint, but for me, it was a at least earlier in the season, and and I'm 50-50 on this one. So it's a miss and a hit at the same time, right? Because there's two quarterbacks like this where wasn't high on them coming in, Jordan Love for, for obvious cases. And even though Sam Howell is like my dude, you know, I think you and I in the offseason talked all, we're going to see Jacoby Brissett at some point, right? Like I'm, it's good to see Sam Howell get a shot, kind of interested, you know, in best ball, I'll roster him. But it's not somebody I slot in like, hey, this is my QB two. Right? I don't really want this shit. Fast forward to midseason, like I'm buying into both of these guys because of warp. And I'm looking at it and I'm going, you know, regardless of how I think they're playing or what they actually look like on the field, from a fantasy production standpoint, I can buy in on them. I bought in a little bit heavier on Sam Howell than I did Jordan Love, right? Because you still got some of those priors and you're like, oh, well, fuck, maybe sure, Sam yeah. Howell was the truth of Maybe I actually am smart and did this and can evaluate quarterbacks, you know, like you start to get full of yourself.
0: That, um, the, I think that I, part would be where we tend to go wrong is when we think we have a quarterback evaluation strategy, right? You know?
1: But, but in in my defense, I did buy in on Jordan Love too. Like, there's some receipts of me and in going into the playoffs for contenders with Justin Herbert or the Trevor Lawrence's of the world making deals for Jordan Love, and I think uh, I think you're probably going to kind of run that risk, right? Um, now, if I wasn't an idiot. Uh, would have bought in on Brock Purdy, too, right? So we would have been 66%, right? <laughs> you yeah. don't know as far as buying in on them early. But I think if you just kind of play that role, and they're still within that reasonable price range, because most of the Dynasty community is going to hold their priors, right? We're going to hold our priors on Jordan Love. We're going to hold our priors on Sam Howell. I'm going to hold my priors on Brock Purdy. Just look at fantasy production. This is where the warp comes into place. I think you're still going to buy in, like, even if you bought into Sam Howell and you're sitting here now and you're like, fuck, I wish I wouldn't have would you buy in at first? Maybe the 110 111, 112?
0: Yeah, I saw some people buy for first and a second when he was really right. peaking, you know, right. Let's say you did that in
1: multiple leagues, right? Over a portfolio, 40 leagues. Let's just throw that out there and you bought equal shares. Maybe you bought, bought into 10 total.
0: You know, oh, of five. all of, oh, if you bought, if you bought three, let's say you bought nine total. So you bought three love, three purdy and three how you're saying? Yeah
1: nine total, you know,
0: you end up, you're end sitting there, you're, you're sitting, sitting there the six, ones that know. you paid the yeah. price
1: for, for Purdy and, and for Jordan Love. You're like, fuck yeah. Like I couldn't, I don't know if I get these dudes for that right now. Those Sam Howell ones you go, fuck, I missed three of them. Okay. Yeah. the way it is. I, so well, I, I think with that, at least with the quarterback, like I'm just going to look more at production and stop trying to like scout. <laughs> like I'm not fucking Dane Brugler. I'm well, not, I, you know, he, Tom he, McShay.
0: <laughs> Here, well, here's here's the big difference, at least for me, with like Jordan Love, which war it was harder, um, versus like Purdy and versus How. So with How, I knew though, Mike, this team was not very good, and he was going to have to continue to have this uphill, like oh, he's about yeah. swimming swimming against the current, essentially, to keep them out of a position to replace him. Right. That was part of the Catch conundrum you. with him, where Purdy is, you've talked about it too. Like we'll see in the playoffs if he ends up having a clunker or something like we saw versus the Ravens. All bets could be off, but I knew at least with Purdy, like this team is as assembled is just ridiculous around him.
1: Right. And it it is an an unfair evaluation for, right. Like if a quarterback, a young quarter, any quarterback, really, if the team around you is dog shit, like everybody assumes the quarter, it's the quarterback's fault. Right. Like we just juxtapose Patrick Mahomes in the situation. This would be a better situation. no, Every quarterback needs a good situation around them, so unfairly sometimes they get most of the blame. Well, and on the opposite, if the team does well, sometimes people prop them up a little bit too much on you know, like they're the ones doing it. No, well, it's, and to the you know to to that yeah. point,
0: like that's where I, I agree it is unfair evaluation. But as far as fantasy goes, and like future, uh, what do you want to call it? Future certainty or f- odds of their future changing? Right, right. I'll right. bake it in. It should be baked in. To your point, though, it's not necessarily fair to the quarterback. The thing with Love for me that was concerning was they started slow as a team. He was started slow. And part of the situation that was for me uneasy was I'm looking at a a totally young, what feels like a rebuilding team, too, right? All these weapons around him are young. Aaron Jones got hurt. I'm I'm just thinking, like, this is a guy that isn't playing well. It's going to continue to get worse. Jordan Love, honestly, what's crazy about him, and I'm I'm not saying I'm not trying to defend it, I'm just saying how incredibly impressive it was. This guy, while playing poorly like, like that, was able to, with this young team, keep his head on his shoulders and turn his season completely around to make the Packers actually a pretty decent team at the end of the year. Like that's that's really impressive, man. Honestly, from a young kid. So I don't know. I don't know what his career will shake out as, and I don't know how often we're going to be looking at a guy that sits for three years and then has this type of up and down start. But um, I was way off on Jordan Love. We'll wait till the victories for the the Christian Watson part, but uh, Jordan Love definitely I, I was off.
1: As of right now, I'm fucking man. I am I am bought into Jordan Love as far as like this is a guy I'll probably actively target in the off season. So
0: <laughs> I'll be curious about that. Not what, saying the what's that, sealed, not, what
1: what's, what's sealed it for me was watching the game with Maddie and Cody on their uh, their their recap on Sunday night. Right, watching the game or their watch along, and we're mm-hmm. watching them play the Chiefs, and I'm watching them like the Chiefs had a good defense. LeJerry Sneed fucking balled his balled his ass off at that cornerback spot. Chris Jones was a beast like always. Mm-hmm. Linebacker play was good. The Chiefs had a good, good, good defense. Yep. <laughs> You've seen, like, when they've gone up against some good offense, they embarrassed the fuck out of them. Um, For sure. Watching him fucking carve their ass up <laughs> left and right in the throws he was making, I was like, fuck it. Like, I just let go of the prior Jordan Love is that dude right now. And he's doing it, right? Like you said, uh, you touched a little bit about Christian Watson, but, you know, injured. Didn't play. Wasn't a big part of the offense, you know, outside of a handful of games. Dontavian Wicks was a hell of a surprise, right? Bo Melton's coming off the fucking streets at the end of the year and, like, putting up numbers. Um, Lee Keith, like, I didn't even know who the fuck that guy was <laughs> until, like, week nine. And I'm like, hey, well, he's decent. Tucker Craft, Luke Musgrave. Uh, you know, no Bakhtiari at left tackle, which we haven't seen him since, like, 2014. You know, and that's know. one of the best tackles in the entire league when he was healthy.
0: Yep.
1: We haven't seen that guy. Young team, you know, moving on from Aaron Rodgers. Like you said, all the shit that was surrounding him. I'm like, to do this against the Chiefs, along with the multiple weeks where I'm like, your fantasy points are kind of
0: surprising. <laughs> Fuck, this might be the dude. So Well, that that and, and mind you, Mike, that that was off of the back of what he just did on Thanksgiving right versus the Lions it was it was it wasn't like it was just the one aberration week versus the Chiefs. he had just balled out again on a back-to-back you know now we play the Chiefs and then you saw the rest of the season I mean he had one pick for the rest of the year I mean the guy turned his career around or season around for sure I'll say possibly career
1: oh he turned his career around
0: (laughs) you're you're for sure like you don't think there's any chance of regression for him
1: I think there's probably a chance of regression right but like you said going into the year it was a what do we got we're not picking up his fifth year option. If he came out and he played if he melted down like Sam Howell did at oh, the end of the year.
0: Oh. okay, to that point, yes, he would I would have changed As far I, as far as as his
1: career it's yes. done. Like it's it's over. There's no next year. Like we're get, done with you.
0: I get what you're saying. Yes. Uh, to that point, and yeah, yeah, he did he definitely turned his career around even on the short term for sure after the way he played this last year. Ridiculous amount.
1: He he turned it around from this he went from uncertain to like yes, you're definitely getting
0: You're you you love what you see in Jordan Love, and you also are looking like if he re- if he re- if he's able to re- um, replicate this, I think next year in any capacity, um, you're you're giving him a bag of some sort. Heaven
1: Heaven help the community. Now I'm not saying it's going to happen. Fizzle will probably hate me, and so will Christian and all hmm. the other damn Cowboys fans that we seem to you know look, surround just, us with. Just, but, just look,
0: just think about this for a second, though, Mike. I I just want everyone when I say why. I have a hard time figuring out how I look at the process and say what I'd change. There's a guy that didn't play well. And they're three and six, man. Right. Like that I think I'll I think I will just um I definitely was on priors with Jordan Love, but I also like it this is hard to see coming changing, man. Three and six a the young team, it's like, what the hell? How it was crazy. It was awesome. It was awesome to see him play that well. That that much down the stretch like completely different quarterback um got a lot comfortable with the system but matt's point right this team's three and six you're thinking they're probably gonna move on from him you get out for a first and a second thinking like oh man i can't believe i was did much. and then now you're like oh shit man um 108 and a second we'll see you know
1: yeah uh, just thinking about it right now like how many rookie picks would you want before jordan love right now Ooh. top three top four
0: I would definitely five. take the top four. After that, I don't think I would – I don't want him over Love. No way.
1: Jaden Daniels or Jordan Love.
0: Yeah, I think that's uh, where you can Delict, make a case. The litmus
1: test right there.
0: I think that's close. I, I probably would lean the 104, but if you – it Also, I, I believe that Jaden Daniels is going to get very high draft capital, like a top Correct. ten type
1: pick. L- let's assume five or six.
0: It, okay, then I want, then I want 104 Jaden Daniels. It, I think the problem with 104 and where it's sketchy is if he's – I what if he ends up being 15 or 12 or something there
1: neighbors or, or Jaden
0: daniels do i want neighbors or Jaden daniels i want Jaden daniels right now with what i know but we'll see okay.
1: um jordan love or, or neighbors
0: um i tell you right now that's close i think it depends on what you believe in the position i i probably take jordan love but i could see with a lot of the quarterback situation mike i bet you you're gonna see neighbors going a lot higher than you think because if people are fading quarterbacks i bet watch people are gonna start fading yep. quarterbacks in these startups this year after last year
1: what will be interesting to me is kind of like uh, Michael Penix on the college side, though. Like Jordan Love has an incredible opportunity, too, to, to change a lot of opinions. Sure. Even people who may not have been as uh, aware or watching a whole lot of Green Bay games, which is, you know, they were barely made the playoffs, right? We can kind of say it, barely made the snuck into the playoffs. But now you're going against the Dallas Cowboys at Dallas, you know, yeah. on the road. If you yep. go in against the Dallas Cowboys, the two seed right on Wild Card weekend, and he balls oh, out of his no. fucking mind,
0: fizzle, don't listen, that's why I said
1: like I'm not saying, but if it happened,
0: like he's not saying, but he's saying. <laughs>
1: He's got an opportunity, kind of like Penix did against Texas, where people are like, "Oh shit!" Like, who's this This dude's nice (laughs) right now? Kind of like Penix. There's also the opportunity for the hype to get a little bit too out of hand, and then you know maybe in the if he were to beat the Cowboys and move on in the playoffs, then you know disaster strikes against the 49ers or some shit right (laughs) like there's that possibility too but i'm just saying he's got a possibility here because he's playing in the playoffs and he's going to be on prime time in front of a bunch of eyes that his value could even sneak up a little bit higher
0: um any any last misses i think that was it man we covered a lot a lot. Yeah, I mean good. there's some there's really some good.
1: individual player misses, you know, like Juwan Johnson. You know, I had a lot of Juwan Johnson and then uh, I didn't do shit. But hey, Juwan Johnson, he got me when it counted, right? <laughs> that, <laughs> doesn't
0: po- it that doesn't belong in this podcast. That doesn't belong in this podcast. We'll do it in a different podcast, but like what's crazy to me about the playoffs this year and just seeing it and how it went down you can roster construct so you're blue in the face. You can um capture warp so you're blue in the face. But you know what only matters in the playoffs? capturing the, the warp in the playoffs like right that's what's crazy about it is you talked about Travis Kelsey I'm like think about that Travis Kelsey actually for the most of the season early especially like helped teams actually get to the playoffs but what did he do absolutely <laughs> nothing right absolutely nothing it's a, in the playoffs it comes down to a every week what's your team putting in and what's what's not happening so um it, it was it was a lot of fun this playoffs but man it was it was crazy some of these performances like week semi weeks week 16 it felt like the the fantasy scoring in general was just wild like there was so many so many games of just insane you know performances
1: we talked about Travis Kelsey right you brought him up and I was just looking at a lineup league uh, with uh with Travis Kelsey i right? would start 2 tight end with a half point pre, pre- half point premium uh, just for the playoff weeks 15 16 17. Like, he's just barely in front of Elijah Higgins.
0: (laughs) Oh, I know. I saw one of these these shorts. I was just scrolling. I saw one of these shorts where on Fantasy Footballers, they were were going over who had better points per game in the playoffs than Travis Kelsey, and Kyle Pitts had a better points per game than Travis Kelsey.
1: I'm looking at Durham Smythe ahead of Travis
0: Kelsey. Right. There's just, I mean, all (laughs) kinds of names. You're like, holy crap, man. (laughs) speaking of which that's that's about as cute as we get on uh holy macro man this is a good one though this is a very good one
1: it's good uh i always love these takeaways this is where you learn but uh next week we do get some gloating so if you want to miss out on that we did have some hits (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately for y'all i'll probably do some gloating because i did have some hits you don't get seven seven Uh, I'm now officially seven goat rings because I did it in one season, right? Sorry, seven goat rings. It's over. I'm seven goat rings because I did it in one fucking season, son. So next week's glo- gloat week. Goat week.
0: Goat and gloat week. Goat rings, gloat rings, Mike's gloating. It's going to be fun. Uh, we're going to go over winners, but we appreciate everyone's happening. It felt
1: really good, Mike, to be back here. And just it. remember. I missed y'all. I missed y'all.
0: Just remember, when your league mates are playing chess, Play 40 chess. We're out of this thing. That's
1: going to do it. There'll be no trade show this week, by the way, too. We just don't have enough right after the season. But two weeks, we'll be back. I'm
0: sure we'll We'll be back with the trade show the following week. Given you guys put the trades in there, man. You know, we're waiting on y'all. Waiting on y'all. Yeah. Go make some deals. Damn it. There you go. (laughs) Love y'all. Peace. Peace.